So let's say that you want to explore different drivetrains for your robot. You want to do, you know, an omni-wheel drivetrain or something else like that. You can go and you can do that. Uh, let's say that now you want to add an arm and you want to add a claw to your robot. You can go and you can do that. Uh, you can even get to the point where you want to do different types of manipulators. You want to uh, make a double reverse four bar so you can lift things up higher and you can place things. And there's game elements that come in the kits. You can actually grab things and try to place it as high as you want. Uh, so there are things on there that you don't have to go and purchase additional stuff uh, that you can, you know, literally spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours building and doing. This is the Growing Up With Tech Show. I'm your host, Lowell Brown, and in each episode, we discuss topics related to the impact of technology on our kids as they grow up. When it comes to technology, there are so many ways it's a part of our everyday lives, from cybersecurity and social media to tech products and educational tools. Our kids have lots of exposure to tech. The challenge for us parents is in how we guide them as they experience, learn, and become creative with tech. We cover all that and more on the Growing Up With Tech Show. All right, I'm very excited to pick up where we left off in the last episode and continue our interview with Jason McKenna from Vex Robotics and discuss a little bit more in detail about the actual different robots, about the educational side. So let's get into it without further delay. Here is part two of Vex Robotics. In terms of the the building, the different kind of uh, tools that, that there are, the, the, the sets that you've talked about, um, yep. when kids get introduced to them, do you think it's more from the schools that are introducing and getting them interested in that? Or are it, is it tied in, in your development of, of the products? Because there are the ones that you can get in store. So that was our, our entry was with yeah. those little play sets. So yeah. is that the mentality around this is get those out so kids, it's in kids' hands to build things, to, to make a set. And that way they're getting interested in the concept of start with pieces, build something that does something that causes an effect that, you know, is that kind of the mentality of those products? Yeah. So the mentality that we have is, so one of the, one of the perks of my job, um, obviously before the pandemic is I, I got to travel the world. So I've, I've seen education robotics be implemented in South Korea, Taiwan, um, Brazil, Mexico, Africa, Europe, all over. Right. So I've, I've talked to teachers about some education on every continent with the exception of Antarctica. Right. And the one big takeaway that you have from that is that STEM and education robotics being implemented differently, no matter where you are uh, here in the U S in the same school, uh, you get a large school district like Dallas ISD or Hillsborough in Florida or Clark County in Nevada. Uh, it's been implemented differently between buildings, right? You know, it's, it, it's, you know, some people are trying to do STEM an hour a week. Some people are trying to do STEM after school. Some people are trying to do STEM every day for a semester. And it's a course. So from a product development standpoint, we have to be able to create a product that's flexible enough to be able to handle all those different touch points. And that's how the retail side that you talked about, the competition side, and then the classroom side, all three of those things kind of work together. Uh, what we want to be able to do is essentially, we know that students are going to be exposed to STEM and the school, and you know, we feel that schools are the primary vehicle that students are going to be exposed to this, right? 
But if they do get exposed to it via retail or they want to get involved in the competition, we want to make sure we support that also. So if a school is like, hey, you know, we really want to do robotics. We think this is great, but we can't train our teachers right now. Uh, it's difficult to, to do, but we have one teacher that really loves this. So we want that one teacher to get involved in a, in a competition. He or she can do that. Right. Or if it's a school like we, um, Columbus, Ohio, um, they're going to put VEX Go into all their fifth grade classrooms and all of their schools. Uh, they're going to train their teachers. They're going to do a teacher training in February. They're going to go and do that. So if you want to do that, we have to have enough curriculum and support where you can go and you can do that also. Right. So right. from one teacher getting started with a very small implementation uh, to a city, uh, the island of Barbados. Uh, the island of Barbados is rolling out VEX and the VEX continuum in all of their schools across the entire island. Um, in Barbados, uh, Dr. Ramona Archer Bradshaw, who was the head of their teachers college about five years ago, she was like, you know, our economy on this island is all, is, it's a service economy. It's people working in hotels because tourism, uh, we need to diversify our economy. And so she started to, she started to teach the pre-service teachers as coding robotics class. And um, then COVID hits a couple of years later, COVID hits. And then the government's like, hey, you know what? You were right uh, because <laughs> now there's no tourism. There's no traffic. We need to diversify our economy. So this year, uh, they're beginning to roll out a coding robotics course across the entire country. So you can have a country implementation like Barbados uh, across an entire city like Columbus, across an entire school or you have one teacher that wants to start a robotics program as an after-school club. Right. You have all those different implementations going on. So um, when we develop a product, we have to develop a product with that flexibility in mind to be able to cover all those different implementation scenarios. That's awesome. So my my what I've noticed about this and in, in looking around the website and looking at the products and, and from our discussion, there's a big component of supporting the teacher supporting the learning and the education side of that. Um, so talk about that a little bit about, about that. Um, how would a teacher introduce this to their school? How do, is there a cost for the learning side of things? Um, and, and also is that something that parents should consider if they're using the stuff at home? Is it, is, is it enough that they could just buy, you know, a starter set and let their kids play or, is there a learning side of, of things for that as well? Yeah, so we, we want to, if you think about um, if you think about STEM, so if you go back to what I, what I kind of mentioned a moment ago, how STEM was infused into the development of the uh, corona vaccine, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, another example that I use is the, uh, one of the greatest scientific achievements of the last you know, 50 years it was a picture of the black hole. Uh, they took a picture of the black hole. I think it was about three years ago at this point. Uh, that was done by an algorithm. They took these nine oh. giant telescopes all over the world and used an algorithm to, to align them all together so they could capture, you know, this picture of a black hole, this thing that Einstein theorized about uh, back in the 30s and 40s. We were actually able to validate as true now. And, and, and the stuff that will come out of that will be amazing. Uh, both of those things, as I said, the, the, the vaccine and the black hole, were the, or the picture of the black hole came as a result of STEM. But teachers aren't comfortable talking about that because if you talk to most fourth grade teachers, they can't tell you what an algorithm is. 
If you talk to most fourth grade teachers, they can't tell you what artificial intelligence is. They don't feel confident talking about that with their students. So think about the learning opportunities that are lost as a result of that. So that's just more of like a, from an informal perspective, the, the, the STEM education learning that's lost because a teacher doesn't feel comfortable talking about these STEM concepts, algorithms, artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever those particular things are. Then that's, of course, exasperated from a product standpoint. So if I'm not comfortable talking about an algorithm that's in current events, how am I actually going to be able to teach it to my students? Again, you know, schools is, is where most of our students are going to be introduced to uh, STEM. It's where they're going to be introduced to educational robotics. So if you really feel like teaching robotics is teaching about the world around you, that's an important thing. Uh, then we want to be able to lower the barrier of entry to that as much as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you prepare teachers to be able to teach STEM. So uh, what something that we launched about two and a half years ago um, was this website. It's called certification.vex.com. And there we have free professional development for all of our different products, whether it's a physical product like VexGo or VexIQ, or it's the virtual product like VexCode VR. We want to make sure that teachers have the ability, uh, and it's free for them to be able to go in and get the professional development, the product training that they need, uh, so they can feel comfortable and they can feel um, empowered to go and teach these things to the students. Um, we don't want teachers to be in that situation that I was in, uh, that I described at the beginning of the show, where my kids are like, hey, I want to learn about robotics. And I was scared to death. And I felt like there was no way I'd be able to do this. I was one day ahead of my students. Um, you know, we want, we want teachers to have a much more positive experience um, teaching STEM than what I had. And that's, again, exasperated by the fact that, uh, unfortunately, in schools, um, a lot of teachers are being voluntold to do STEM. Uh, whether it's like, hey, you know, uh, we want to start this STEM program. Uh, you're kind of techie, so congratulations, <laughs> you're going to do it now. Um, or, or, you know, whatever that particular thing may be, uh, the president of the school board's son uh, wants to start a, a robotics team. Congratulations, you're now starting the robotics team. You know, whatever that particular scenario is, um, you know, uh, that's how a lot of teachers are being introduced to it. And that's just not an effective way. Uh, to be able to do it. My goal is, is, you know, I want STEM to eventually get to the point where the rest of the subjects are. If, if you had a bad ninth grade English teacher, you don't say English is bad. You see, you, you see, you had a poor teacher that year. What happens now with STEM is if you have that bad teacher, now you say, I can't do STEM. I can't do coding. I can't do robotics. Well, no, that's not the case. You said, you, you just had a bad teacher that year, right? We had a teacher that probably didn't get the right training Hence why you had a bad experience. So our goal here is to make STEM, again, just like any other subject, English, math, reading, uh, language arts, physics, whatever it may be, uh, so that students perceive it like that and are able to be successful with it. The teachers feel empowered to teach it. Great. So I have another question for you about the products and about the sets themselves. So I've seen on the website and I've you know just purchased the Vex IQ kit for, for my son. Um, now there are some sets in stores but there's also these other sets so when mm -hmm. you know let's say the school's buying them let's say a parent wants to buy them is it a tool where when you get one set you're done and that's it or can you talk about how these kind of sets can be 
expanded or evolved? And, and, you know, is it something like, you know, with Lego as an example, you get a set, but you can always get, you know, other pieces and build on it and, and do more things. So is it that kind of concept? Yeah. So when we, when you think about, uh, like we'll take Bex IQ as an example, because that's the one um, that you said you purchased. If you think about that set itself and that robotics kit, kind of like what we think about, like our guiding principle is we want to have a low barrier of entry. So we want someone to be able uh, to go in and have success right away. So you can build uh, the basic base bot um, for that kit, for that robot. You know, you can build that in about 15, 20 minutes and have that robot running. Uh, so for those for those people that are kind of like myself, you know, I can barely change a light bulb, you know, that just want to just muddle their way through and be able to create something and pat themselves on the back and be like, okay, great, I created a robot. You know, you, you can go and you can do that. And you can do it very quickly and easily. Um, but it has a very, very high ceiling. So let's say that you want to explore different drivetrains for your robot. You want to do, you know, an omni-wheel drivetrain or something else like that. You can go and you can do that. Uh, let's say that now you want to add an arm and you want to add a claw to your robot. You can go and you can do that. Uh, you can even get to the point where you want to do different types of manipulators. You want to uh, make a double reverse four bar so you can lift things up higher and you can place things. And there's game elements that come in the kits. You can actually grab things and try to place it as high as you want. Uh, so there are things on there that you don't have to go and purchase additional stuff uh, that you can, you know, literally spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours building and doing. And when you get to the point where, like with our curriculum, for example, you kind of go through and you and you follow along with our curriculum that we have at, at, at education.vex.com, which is all free. And you and you do the STEM labs, you do all these different activities, and you really get to a point where you really feel like um, you're a pretty good engineer and you're a pretty good coder. And that, that's really now, now you can go to a competition. Uh, now you can go to a competition and you can really kind of explore further and do further with that. Um, when you do get to the competition point, now you can get a competition add-on kit, which is the more parts uh, like you were describing before is more plastic, is more sensors, things of that nature. So you can really kind of take your robot, uh, to the next level if you want to be able to do that. Uh, but there's a lot that you can do uh, just with that base education kit. Uh, it allows you to go in and get started very quickly and easily. But again, uh, the ceiling on that is very, very high. And, you know, um, your, your, your son, your daughter, your student classroom spends a year or two with the VEX IQ. Uh, they, they've kind of, you might think they've kind of maxed out what they can do with it. Then they can move on to the metal-based robotic system. Now they can they can they can cut metal they can they can use screws they can do all kind of things of that nature uh, make more robust robot designs so uh, that's the nice thing about the continuum as you grow in your skills kind of the kits grow with you. We we talked a little bit about the learning side of things for the teachers in terms of the stuff for the kids. How do you balance between a gamification side of things where you know there's levels and rewards and things? versus them actually going through a curriculum? Or is that how it's it's kind of all structured? Yeah, so if you think about, um, you know, what you're getting at there is this idea of student engagement, right? So if you think about, you know, um, having an, having engaged students uh, in which they're on task, in which they're really, really, you know, we, we talk about this idea of, of, of flow and creativity where they're so immersed in what it is that they're doing that the learning is just actually incidental. They don't even realize that they're learning. It's just kind of happening naturally. 
Uh, that's what we're all trying to do in our classes. Well, how, how does one, you know, actually accomplish that? Well, a big part of it is providing students with voice and choice in their learning, right? So creating a very clear set of goals at the very beginning. So uh, in school or in work, I'm sure you yourself, you know, at your, at your job, if, if you're working on something and you're not quite sure what the end goal is, like that's miserable. Like, what, like what, are we, what are we actually doing here, right? Like, where, where are we actually going? Like, what's, what's the goal of this? Like, what's the, what is the success criteria for this? If you're not sure of that, then you're, you're, you're not going to be very motivated because you're like, what, what am I actually doing here? So uh, whether it's a competition, whether it's our curriculum, we want to be able to establish at the very beginning, hey, here's what success looks like. Here's one example of what success can look like. Here's the goal of what it is that we're trying to do. But now, after you establish that, you let students iterate through something like the engineering design process to get to there. One of my favorite things to do is if you go to a robotics competition, and I would encourage you to do this as, as, as you were talking about your son is competing. Go and walk around. They're called the pits. And that's where all the kids have the robots and stuff set up where they're practicing. They can't wait to show you their robot. Why? Because it's their robot. Their teacher didn't yeah. tell them to make the robot. They decided on their own to make the robot. Yeah. They can't wait to share with you their game strategy. Why? Because it's theirs. It's their game strategy. It's what they came up with. They can't wait to show you their code. Same reason, because it's there. It provides students with having choice in what it is that they are learning to really allow it to be successful and it really drives that engagement. And because the robotics, robotics is robust, it allows them to form authentic collaborations with their peers. We all hated group work when we were in school, right? Because you're either <laughs> the guy that had to do everything because you wanted to get the A, um, or you were the one that was bored out of their mind because you're letting the other kid do everything because he was worried about getting an A. With robotics, it really allows you to do those authentic collaborations because everybody can have a role and everybody can do something. That's what really drives the engagement. It really kind of builds it in there. So that students can stay engaged and they can really have those memorable learning, uh, have those memorable learning experiences that we're really trying to bring uh, out with them in education. Uh, you know, if there's one thing, hopefully that comes out of this pandemic, uh, Myron Dweck wrote this great book about assessment. Um, and at the beginning of it, he has this quote, and he says, assessment is always something that's done to students as opposed to with students. Hmm. And with robotics and with the competition, the, there the assessment is done with the students because you're constantly in this iterative cycle of the engineering design process. I'm hoping with all the change that comes with education as a result of the pandemic, that is one change that can be positive and can come out of it, is we now begin to view assessment as something that is done with students as opposed to something that's done to students. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's a neat perspective for sure. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the products and the items, if somebody wants to get started, if they want to uh, look at the different kits, select a kit to buy and that kind of thing, where is the best place for them to go? So the two best sites for you to go are vectorbotics.com, uh, where we have all the different robots, everything else like that. Uh, but you, you say get started. We actually have a site. It's called getstarted.vex.com. And at getstarted.vex.com, we have each of our products. And once you select a product, it takes you through the steps one, two, three, like step one, like which, which bundle is right for me, right? Cool. Step two, like where do I get the software? Step three, where do I get the curriculum, right? 
Uh, so it itemizes everything there for you. Uh, so if you're just looking to get started, get started.vex.com is a great place to go. And obviously you can go to vexrobotics.com to learn more about the products themselves there also. That's awesome. Very, very we smart also idea. Wanted, wanted think, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Doctor, but one, one other website I want, I want to plug to is we have help.vex.com, which is our STEM library. So uh, we have uh, thousands of articles there uh, that walk you through everything like, you know, how do I pair uh, my, my robot brain to my device? How do I charge the battery, you know, to talking about STEM pedagogy and things of that nature? So uh, that's, that's, that's our, it's literally our STEM library. So that's another great resource that people can go to um, after they purchase their product help.vex.com to get all the help they need to get up and running. That's great. So it, I, I think that's amazing. You're doing everything from helping the parents or teachers or, or the kids themselves figure out what is best for them, letting them get it, but also supporting them as they're building, as they're learning, as they're doing stuff with it. So I think you've got the whole cycle there. And I think that's amazing. I mean, most companies won't support people. It's like, they're just interested in selling the stuff. You guys seem to be really interested in getting the foundation of of the the mentality behind and the and the logic behind the products allowing kids to explore and learn allowing them to evolve with the product but also supporting the teachers the parents and the kids as they go along in the process yeah and that's and that's really been what we've been really focused on you know for the last you know four or five years really um you know uh, when we were purchased by innovation first um you know, uh, I work with the team of all former educators. I have a former kindergarten teacher on my team. I have a former uh, principal. I have a former middle school science teacher. Um, so, you know, we, we know what it's like to be in the classroom and to be asked to do something you're not comfortable doing. So we're constantly trying to think about what we can do to lower that barrier of entry. Um, we also know we, we see the excitement of students when they're engaged with robotics. So, you know, one of my goals is to make high school robotics competitions as popular as Friday night football. And I'm a former high school football coach when I was, you know, when I was in the classroom, you know, and, um, but, you know, so, so how, how are we actually able to do that? You know, how, how can we do it? Those, those are the kinds of things that we ask ourselves every single day. You know, how can we continue to lower the barrier of entry, continue to keep the ceiling high with things, <clears throat> excuse me, with things like Vex AI, continue to push at kind of both ends of the spectrum, uh, but also make sure that, um, as you said, teachers are supported. Parents are supported, students are supported. So no matter what your entry level is, we have a solution for you and you're supported. It's amazing. Very cool. Well, Jason, I want to thank you again for your time. Excuse me. I wanted to thank you again for your time today to be on this episode. I think this was really informative. It was great to dive deep behind Vex and, and learn more about the range of products and everything that you can do with them. So again, thank you very much for, for being on the show today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for the invite. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And that concludes part two of our interview with Jason McKenna from Vex Robotics. Stay tuned. Coming up soon, we've got another episode for you. But until then, again, if you have any questions, if you have any topic ideas, feel free to send me an email to mail at growingupwithtech.show. And again, if you enjoyed what you heard, if you like these episodes, I'd greatly appreciate it if you can leave us a positive review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps this show grow and reach more people. Thank you again. My name's Lil Brown. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day.